Welcome to the Writer Roundtable. Thanks for joining us this evening. Your hosts today are... Paula Kinney. Belinda Santos. And me, Mims Oxenhandler-Newman. Tonight, we'll be talking about the leadership war between Trump and former President Obama, um, the Ahmoud Armory case and how it's being handled, and Minnesota Attorney General Pete Ellison suing a chain of bars that's defying the um, stay-for-at-home orders. Um, Ula. So, um, the Mount Aubrey case has really captured people's attention. Um, mm-hmm. This issue, first of all, on February 23rd, when Ahmad was jogging through a neighborhood in Georgia, went, uh, and the way the story was initially posed um, was that uh, he was running, people said they saw him run out of a property, and that they went to go confront him because there was not enough time for law enforcement to get there and to do anything about it. This is the initial story. Mm-hmm. Subsequent, you know, and the family had been asking for follow-up. And this case bounced from district attorney to district attorney while um, no investigation was being conducted. Now, subsequent to this bouncing change, somehow the story got to the media. And again, still being ignored for the most part until in an effort to prove his innocence, their innocence, someone released the video of the incident, which clearly showed that they were tracking this man like he was prey mm-hmm. and shot him. Now, people are still contesting that point, too, as well, which is interesting. Um, more I, didn't realize that the video, um, I didn't realize that the video was released in an attempt to... Uh, quote unquote, prove them innocent. I didn't realize. Yeah, it was, it was to prove that they were defending themselves. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's that's why they released the video. See, right there, he grabbed the gun. So like there's three of y'all, and you're all carrying guns, and you're all pointing them at him. And he grabbed one gun, and y'all shot him. And what was, and you know, the everybody saying, we have to wait for not everybody, but some people are saying, well, wait, let's wait for more information. So more information comes out, and it turns out these gentlemen had been following him for four minutes in their truck. Some gentlemen is, uh, uh, well, we'll... I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm, I'm going to use my southern gentility and call them gentlemen. Followed him in their trucks and boxed him in, basically. They proceeded to confront him with guns. Now, one of the gentlemen was a law enforcement officer, so... Of course, the next thing we hear is, well, he was law enforcement. He was law enforcement who had been suspended from carrying a gun because he could not pass his classes to authorize him to continue to carry a gun. He had not passed or taken the necessary uh, coursework. So he was not authorized to carry a gun in any kind of law enforcement capacity or to act in any kind of law enforcement capacity. Was he, is he currently employed by law enforcement? I know that he had worked for a prosecutor. Uh, it's interesting because the story that was initially put out was that he was a retired law enforcement officer. Yep. I'm like, when did he retire exactly? Was that before or after he was told he couldn't carry a gun? Right. Or which, by the way, yeah, and the information 
that he couldn't carry a gun came out that February. So the, the restriction on his ability to carry a gun came out. He shot a man, and five days later, the uh, head of the law enforcement uh, unit there, I forgot if it's the police, chief of police or, or the sheriff, Resigned. Mm -hmm. And it's the mm -hmm. huge scandal. Mm -hmm. Then there's more. I mean, this story just keeps going. Mm -hmm. So, then the, the rationale was that, well, he was on a property, and, he, and there had been all of these reports of theft problems. There's no reports of theft. Um, you have to go back to January to find a report of theft, and there had been none subsequent to that. Um, then people said, well, if he was truly exercising, why was he running in boots? Oh, my uh, God. There was, you know, the police report itself documents the shoes that he was wearing. They were not uh -huh. boots. It's like, well, he clearly took something from the site. Anybody who looked at, I didn't watch the video, I'm not going to lie, because there are certain things I can't deal with anymore, and I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Uh, he was wearing a t-shirt and some shorts. The kind of shorts that if he were my guy, but I think you think he's going in them shorts. But mm -hmm. well, point, there was no place to hide anything he might have supposedly taken. And police did not confiscate anything he might have supposedly have taken. So and also, yeah. like, theft isn't, doesn't get the death penalty, right? Let's say he, he did, which he didn't. Oh, but there's also video of tons of people going in and out of that property and looking around. None yeah. of those people were ever approached. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now we get to the whole thing where they finally arrest these, these individuals. And, you know, and so, you know, there are a number of justice for Ahmad things going on. There was a race being run. And, um, and the question that keeps coming up is I see two things. One, why do people keep making it about race? Because I'm trying to understand where in America a black man could have shot a white man who was jogging down the street, um, and it would have taken months for an arrest to occur. It's been three months. Um, so that's one of the reasons it's about race. The other thing that's been interesting and this is going to be a more difficult conversation that I think we need to have as a country, is as I look at a lot of these discussions going on, on around justice for Ahmad, I keep hearing, oh, but we're allies, and you need to be kind to us because we don't understand. We don't understand what it's like to go through what you're going through. We're just trying to help. And oh, it would help if I, just, if I just knew a little bit more about Ahmad. Well, who's saying that? Um, a lot of people in the, in the white, white allies, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, mostly. That's and really upsetting to hear. I'm also hearing a lot of people saying, "Well, you know, everybody's not racist, and don't don't lump them all in." I'm like, I'm not saying lump them all in, but I'm saying it's really freaking insensitive. You know, when a woman has a, a family and friends have lost their loved one. Mm -hmm. to a horrible crime for no apparent reason. And they say, well, look, I just need to know who he was, and uh, I, I want to know more Why? about him. So I know you're grieving, but could you yeah. take some time out of your grief to, to help me out? But it's so, like, white privilege -y. Like, 
epitome of white privilege. And that's my point. That's the conversation we need to have. Whereas, I mean, seriously, how, why is it there's this expectation that when a loved one dies and that loved one happens to have some extra melanin in their skin, mm-hmm. that the rest of us are okay with, especially when it's a traumatic situation like this, he was just jogging. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, running, sorry. Because that was the other thing someone said. He was clearly running, so he must have done something. My dad does oh, not jog. He runs for exercise. You know, so, you know, but to assume that the family and the friends want to see this video being played over and over again, that they are in a position or a place to be constantly discussing and justifying his life, because that's what it feels like. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, that's really, that's, I mean, clearly racist. I mean, like, if it was like a, a white man or woman... Like nobody so would get, like comb her, his or her, or their backgrounds for like anything. You know, it's an injustice. There is nothing else to be said. It does no. not matter what he did. It doesn't, you know, he wasn't in the midst of, of committing any crime. He hadn't right. done anything. All of this information about that is apparent. Yep. There's nothing else that needs to yep. be said other than this is a grave injustice. And it's unacceptable. And you're not going to stand for it. Everything else is unnecessary and intrusive and invasive. Mm-hmm. And it's not okay. And I think yeah. that we use the perfect word, but we can't use that word. Because you can't say racism and allies in the same sentence. Because allies are sensitive. Oh, jeez. Allies are and they don't want to hear about how they're affiliated with white supremacy, how they have any, how they benefit from it. They don't want to, because I'm trying to do the right thing, and I appreciate. I'm going to just say it, and yeah, I'm on a pulpit right now. Mm-hmm. I appreciate people trying to do the right thing, but you know the easiest way to do the right thing is, if it were me, how would I handle this? How would I deal with exactly. it? Exactly, right. I mean, like, I consider myself a, a white-ish ally, but, mm-hmm. like, if somebody tells me I'm being racist, I listen. I listen to yeah. them and, and listen to what they're saying so I can learn. And you know? so, you know, and, and that's all we can all do. I mean, it's like, the question came up, uh, oh, you guys are being racist because of the lumping in of your, of your allies with, you know, the, the guys who did the shooting. And it's like, I can understand your point. And I do, I get that point a lot, where, where, you know, in anger and frustration and all kinds of stuff, people lash up, and all of a sudden, not everybody becomes racist, because you don't know who to trust. And so, my quick, quick message, and I promise I'm going to get off my soapbox now, is that, you know, our allies keep telling us that they don't, they, they're trying to help, they just need help understanding what to do. And I'm just going to say that's a lie. Because um, black people, Latino people, Jewish people, Asian people, Native American people have been marching, protesting, raising signs, explaining what the issues are mm-hmm. since this country was founded. So if you don't know, it's because you don't want to know. Yeah, Thing number exactly. one. Thing mm-hmm. number two. Um, 
racism is what racism is because it is an oppression thing where somebody is putting something on someone else. Mm-hmm. When people then look at that racism and then react to it in a manner that is discriminatory in their perception of you, that's a defensive reaction that looks the same on the surface, but the difference is it originates from a place of self-defense because that individual who consistently experiences racism in their everyday life um, has no idea where you sit on the spectrum. It's not the mm-hmm. same thing. It's really not. It's, you know, whereas, you know, a white person has a stereotype built up from watching TV, a Jewish person has a stereotype built up in their mind from being, from being biased, from having people being biased against them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so well, it's not totally the same different. thing. Yeah. Right, because it's like the in-group, the the group of power versus mm-hmm. the group not in power. Like, exactly. it's not, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, switch those things as, as if they're equivalents because they're not. They're not. And so that's, that's the end of my little soapbox on the whole issue is just, I just need to, like, talk about that and just need to be clear. People need to go out and have conversations around this because this, that's the thing that's disturbing me the most about the Ahmad case right now. There's a whole conversation over how we need to be kinder to our allies. A man is dead. His family is grieving. His friends are grieving. I don't give a shit about your feelings in this case. I really don't. Because my feelings are my energy is for Mm -hmm. the people who lost someone. Not for you trying to figure out how you feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if I'm a little direct on that point, Oops. No, not oops. I don't, I'm not no, even sorry. No, absolutely. It has to be said. I mean, it has to no. be said. It's, it's just yeah. not about you. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah, so it's like, like all these things when people say, like, that they don't have white privilege. Mm-hmm. All these things are like, well, this is exactly, that is exactly what you're just discussing is a perfect example of white privilege because you think, that, you know, these people think that, like, their feelings about their response to somebody being murdered is equivalent to somebody being murdered. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's like the ultimate kind of like demonstration of privilege. Yeah. So, what I wanted to talk about is that you know, yeah, this is horrible, but. Can we just talk about it from the perspective of there is no reason that young man should have died mm-hmm. and leave mm-hmm. it at that? We don't have yeah. to prove he was an outstanding person. We don't have to right. prove any of that. Nobody has to prove all that when Justine Damon died and yep. she was practically exactly. being a legal immigrant and nobody ever talked about it. Yep, yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Um, okay, anything um, that you want to say on this topic, Lorenzo? I think we have hit everything on the head. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, we just need to continue to be cognizant of uh, people come from different lived experiences, and as long as we're open to just hearing uh, someone else's perspectives, that's where the real you know, learning can take place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, great. So um, thank you, Ula, for that. Um, mm-hmm. That was very clear and really important, so thank you. 
Um, so Lorenzo, you're going to be talking about um, Trump and Obama. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, Trump seems to think that his strategy needs to be um, go after Obama. And, uh, you know, he's very good politically in terms of uh, his instincts. And anyone who says, what do you mean about that? Well, he got elected. <laughs> so yep. mm-hmm. his instincts are, are dead on. I, I think that this time it could backfire, but, you know, that remains to be seen. Obama is the most popular uh, Democrat out there besides maybe his wife, right? So mm-hmm. um, the fact that he's going after Obama um, is probably not incorrect, but it's how he's doing it, this whole Obamagate strategy. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, what is, what is mm-hmm. there, there? Um, and we don't know what he's actually trying to say because people are asking him, well, you know, what's your evidence? And he can't produce uh, very good credible arguments towards what Obamagate actually is, and, and, and that means that people are salivating at an empty plate of nothing. So I think that's interesting. I, we watched how um, Obama is starting to come out in the forefront a lot more, right? He, mm-hmm. he came and did that uh, commencement address where he, you know, he famously said this pandemic has fully finally torn back the curtain up on the idea that so many folks in charge know what they're doing. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. That is a direct attack on, you know, it could be a lot of people, but I mean, it could be Trump too, because every time Trump gets asked a question about the governors and things like that, he says, oh, they should be doing this on their own and blah, 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 and, um, you know, kind of uh, relegating the authority and command of the presidency, the federal Mm -hmm. government response to the state level. So I, I think Obama is starting to you know, he was quiet for a long time, for the most oh, part. Yeah. Now he's coming out in his truest form. He's a very good campaigner. Um, I mean, if Trump ever ha- if Trump ran against Obama, he would lose. So oh, yeah. right now, this is the closest. Um, well, he, you know, he helped Hillary Clinton as much as possible, but he didn't have a record to run on now. So Obama can essentially mm-hmm. run against Trump while propping up his old Vice President Joe Biden. This is a dangerous time to be Trump. I mean, the economy is in, in the in the in the ground. Uh, and people are hurting, whether you're Republican or Democrat. Um, and he really doesn't have, you know, he, here's the thing. He's supposed to be campaigning for president right now, and he's going after Obama more than Biden in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, so yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense. So I'll just but, leave so it. When you, say, um, when you say the Obama get, is that anything different than what, I mean, he's been trying to trash Obama like forever. So is this any different? Who's running that campaign, you know, you know? Go, go ahead, Ola. I was going to say, I, I don't think, I think you're wrong. I think it's a, it's a dream strategy because you, you're talking about a country that thought Twinkies were awesome and they were they're just empty calories. Um, the reality is that Trump won on glitter and generalities. Mm-hmm. He says, we're going to build that wall. There was no how... No win, no, no plan. It was just a lovely glittering generality. And so, and I think he also underestimated how much a lot of people hated Obama. And let's, you know, let's just get to the root of it. If we can pin, and by we, I mean not me, but, you know, those people, mm-hmm. can pin their existing situation somehow on Obama. If Obama date, whatever that is, because it's not defined and I don't know what it is, but it doesn't matter because it's that guy. That guy caused it. 
the evil weird Democrat, who also happens to be a black man, mm -hmm. was responsible, then you've got you've got the sound bite that's gonna get them frothing at the mouth and I'm gonna continue using colorful adjectives here. Get them frothing at the mouth and ready to support Trump just at the idea that they get to beat Obama. You, you have a two-term president that they could not beat. And this is the only, this is their last chance to beat Obama. This is it. This so is what, not a referendum on Biden. What's it about, Lorenzo? Like, what's the, what's the substance that's, of it, if anything? That's what I'm saying. It's, it's ambiguous. It's amorphous. It's vapid. There's nothing really to it. Because when, you know, well, I don't think I'm in, I don't think I'm underestimating anything. If you look at birtherism, birtherism made sense, right? There was a specific, no, yeah, <laughs> specific charge to birtherism. He is not from the United States. Where is his birth certificate? What is Obama game? Okay, but birtherism is dumb. And, and hit on the levels because the, the, the report, the, the birth certificate was released and they were still on it. These Latin Americans. What? It's all dumb, but that was specific. When you look at Obamagate, reporters have literally asked him, what is Obamagate? And he's like, you know what it is. <laughs> what? You're not even going to tell us? Like, man, this is some weird Wizard of Oz stuff. That's all I'm saying. What is, what is the actual charge? Because he, what he knows is he's been, he's been working with these reporters, and they have had enough of them. These reporters are going toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. They're not even being real. They're not even being nice. He knows the moment he says exactly what Obama is, they're going to be asking him, well, we checked into this, and this makes no sense. They're going to hold him accountable. So he, right. he, he knows that he actually has no strategy if he formulates a specific charge of what Obama is. But Obama just sounds bad. So that's, he knows that all the people that follow him, at least that will vote for him, if they hear that, it's red meat. Is right, that, right. It's like to distract them from what it's terrible job he's doing. And let's just be real. You know, we had a lot of people, that's one of the reasons that they didn't like Hillary, because she was a part of the Obama administration. And if, if he can use that, that leverage, that, you know, close association that Biden, Lord love him, and I have to say I do love him for this bit, Biden is not about to distance himself from the Obamas. He's like, nope, they were good to me, they were good to the country, um, and I'm a state by it. Which I think is actually a really smart move. Mm -hmm. Which is a much better move than I think with Hillary made, who tried to kind of sort of maintain a distance, but still gain some of the traction from the Obama camp, from the Obama. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you can't, you gotta either be all in or all out. That's why you, your vote is split, because people yep. don't know yep. who you are. Exactly, yep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, you know, Biden's making it clear, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm with the Obamas. Um, and Trump's making it clear, I'm not. That's really, really what this this camp, this entire election's come down to at this point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, Lorenzo, you said something about Wizard of Oz. It just reminded me. I was reading um, a book about. Uh, it's called The Heart of Wounded Knee. Did either one mm. of you read it? No, no. I um, I did the Troyer. Um, so it mentioned. So he goes through a lot of historical documents about um, response, you know, you know, a conflict against Native Americans by, you know, quote-unquote settlers. And L. Frank Baum, the author of Wizard of Us, 
a, like a terrible promoter of genocide. Mm-hmm. I was so I was upset to hear that. I was like, oh God, like another childhood like icon ruined. So just apropos of uh, nothing really, but interesting. I thought. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on that, Lorenzo? You know, that's it. I just I, I think that we're gonna keep seeing these uh charges become a little bit more bizarre and just you know, unhinged. There's not really anything substantive to, to what he's saying. And honestly, before he could say all these things that he was gonna do, obviously the wall is not coming to fruition. Um, obviously the economy is in shambles. Obviously people are dying. A lot of these things are, they all have political consequences, but they shouldn't necessarily be politicized. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a record that he has to defend, and it's going to be very hard to defend that record. And the Senate is even, uh, you know, trying to watch their backs. They're going to have to, in a lot of yep. ways, distance themselves from this president. It, you know, during an election cycle, what you want to be able to do to do is run on the coattails of your president at the time. However, I think a lot of these people are going to campaign a little bit more distant. They're not going to want Trump, you know, necessarily endorsing them and things like that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I have to admit, I'm really glad to see Justin Amos drop out. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if you watched the election, the um, polls in Arizona. Mike uh, yeah. Sally is moving, it looks like, to Kelly. And I think, you know, that was a, that was a poor, that was a red area. It was a red county. She's mm-hmm. losing ground, and she's been backing Trump the whole time. I think that's indicative of where his, his campaign could be going. I think he's latching on any straw he can get at this point. Obamacare is probably the best one he's got. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think at this point, it's... Uh, it's basically the Democrats, it's, it's Biden's to lose. Because yeah. Trump is yeah. only going to win because Biden lost, not because um, not because Trump did a great job. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, uh, I'm going to be talking about um, Minnesota's Attorney General Keith Ellison, who mm-hmm. filed a suit against... Um, the owner of a, Minnesota, a chain of Minnesota taverns called the whole thing's Shadies. Um, mm-hmm. So before, before I go into the um, story, I just want to say that I, I had a, a test for the coronavirus because um, I, I felt sick last week and I had kind of the symptoms that, you know, you read about, but then, you know, you always think, do I have these because I read about it or what, but I, I did have a fever. Um, so I went and I got tested. And the test, it was, like, pretty horrible, but not as horrible as I thought in terms of, like, being painful. So uh, if anybody needs one, like, don't be scared because it's, it's bad, but it's not that bad. So, um, And I happily do not have COVID-19, although the hospital called me to say, um, you know, I had gotten the results um, online, but they said, you know, we, we just want to tell you that just because you don't have it doesn't mean you can't get it. <laughs> like, Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I didn't realize that, but maybe not yeah. everybody else does. So, um, but yeah. So, um, anyhow, so uh, Governor Tim Walls, Minnesota's governor, um, listed a lot of the restrictions um, for 
stay at home. He uh, let a bunch of retail stores open with provisions that there can only be a certain number of people in the store at any given time. Uh, and not included in that is bars and restaurants. So bars and restaurants can be, for now, can be open the same way as they have been, which is only for takeout. Um, so it's, it's, of course, this big, uh, you know, hue and cry about how it's, it's unconstitutional, like this and that. Um, so Attorney General Keith Ellison um, requested that a judge from Stearns County, so Stearns County is where Shady is, is based, so Stearns County is like where St. Cloud is. So um, Judge William Cashman issued a temporary restraining order at the request of Ellison, um, telling uh, the owner of Shady's that uh, that he cannot open. So I was, I was uh, happy to see that at least somebody uh, is interested in following the rule of law. Um, so kudos to uh, Judge William Cashman, although it shouldn't really be like this exceptional thing that he's supporting the law, though in Wisconsin we saw that the Supreme Court, um, you know, uh, negated, basically, the stay-at-home orders. Uh, so the, the owner of Shady's Hometown Tavern and other restaurants, his name is Chris Schiffler, so he had said that he was going to open um, in, the, in a, a small Minnesota town called Albany at noon yesterday. He already had a long line of customers by late morning, uh, and then the judge issued the temporary restraining order shortly after uh, shortly before noon, and then Schiffler uh, used the bullhorn to announce that, that he had to stay closed. So I find that it's very interesting. Like, I mean, like, obviously, I'm not saying that, that bars and restaurants aren't suffering. Like, obviously, they are. Um, but kind of like the whole notion that, like, nobody can tell me what to do, basically, it's just so, it's so prevalent. Um, so it's just a perfect example of people um, thinking like laws can't and don't apply to them. Um, and the, uh, so the judge, Judge Cashman, said um, in his ruling that COVID-19 pandemic represents one of the greatest public health emergencies Minnesota has endured in recent history. So that was temporary restraining order. It's just going to be a hearing on Friday. So we shall see what the outcome of the hearing is. Um, and then uh, uh, this guy Schiffler, his attorney, this guy um, Gary Listico, said they're not trying to contest the authority of the governor or the state. And he says that this is just not good government. So like, they are exactly trying to contest the authority of the governor and the state. So that's like mm -hmm. exactly what they are trying to do. Um, and Ellison said that he had, his office had warned Schiffler that there could be a fine of up to $25,000 for each location that had opened, um, as well as mm. potential jail time. Um, so then there's also uh, this issue that some, some of uh, Minnesota's um, casinos which are owned, I think they may all be owned by various um, indigenous tribes, Indian tribes. 
So they made an announcement that they're going to be opening, um, I think, on Friday. But the thing is, they're, um, they're not subject to the state's restrictions because they have tribal, you know, tribal sovereign rights. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I mean, I think it's a terrible idea. I mean, they are requiring masks for all guests and employees and seating space out, but how dirty do those machines get, you know? Um, yeah. So I think it's a terrible idea, but the point is that they, they, unlike Shady's Bar, are not subject to um, the governor's authority. So people that are trying to compare are like, oh, well, the casinos get to open. It's, it's just not the same thing. Yeah. No, a lot of people forget that part. But, you know, going back to what you're saying about the bar, which is, you know, yeah, there's this whole, like, you know, nobody's going to gonna infringe on my rights to work. And it's like, well, you know, that's not exactly a constitutional right. Thing number one. Mm -hmm. um, thing number two, that I'm always remembering these things, just so I can keep track of what I'm saying. Um, but thing number two is, you know, a lot of the people that I see marching up and down and everything, they're the same people who are really, really unsympathetic to people applying for assistance. Yep. And the whole reason that they absolutely need to go back to work, they need to reopen the bar, and they need to do it right now, is because they don't have six months' worth of savings. Exactly. So it's like, so, wait, we're supposed to put everybody in danger because you, a responsible person who was just talking about these shiftless individuals who just want a handout, Mm -hmm. You want to put everybody at risk because you don't have the savings that you said a responsible person would have. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, we can't we can't like weather this this thing like you know it's like yeah you can't and neither can most people but you know then think twice which they won't about saying that public people applying for public assistance are irresponsible. Mm -hmm. um, I also saw that there's a, an organization, like some organization of um, like a conservative law firm trying to sue because churches are not allowed to, to open yet. Um, mm -hmm. so because the... It's, on the, it's based on the state's prohibitions against gathering of more than 10 people. Um, so, the, so they can open if they have something with 10 people. Like they can have a worship service of 10 people. Um, I don't understand why they can't use Zoom like everybody else. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, so this, this place is, um, the law firm is called, called the Upper Midwest Law Center that's representing well, just one article says so a coalition of churches and small businesses, two churches, um, and they're saying it's unconstitutional not to allow places of worship to reopen under the same health guidelines as retailers. But it's not the same thing as retailers. Mm -hmm. Going to a church is not the same. Like, I went to a fabric shop today. There could only be five people in the store. Everybody had, at a time, there was a line outside. Everybody had to wear a mask. Everybody had to stay, you know, there's, like, fixes for where to stand and so forth. 
So it's it's a very different um, environment. It's a very different it's a very thing. Different setup. Also, not to be weird or nothing, no, but about I know in the Christian faith, they're quick to tell you in a heartbeat where two or more are gathered in my name, there is the church. Um, okay. Thinking about that today, yeah. Uh huh. So you don't need to go to that building and be there hundreds of you on top of each other. You can be at home in your church, right? With your loved ones, mm -hmm. right? So be at church at home. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Like, I happen to know that because of, like, it's sung at a lot of weddings. Mm -hmm. Like, wherever two or more of you have gathered. And I was thinking, like, same exact thing, two or more. Like, you don't need, like, the mega church. Um, so, yeah, but it's, it'll be interesting to see uh, to see where that goes. Because it's not, although you can make, you know, it's like, I was just going to say, a church is not like a retailer. But if you look at some of the mega churches, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> they kind of are. Um, but yeah, well, that's that's what I have. Do you uh, either of you have any uh, more comments about that? No, yeah, no. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for joining the Writer News Roundtable. Please be sure to read, leave a rating and review for us if you like what you've heard. It helps more people find us, and we'd be very appreciative. Please tune in on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also send comments to communications at reddernews.com, and we can read yours in the next episode. Until next time, Redder Nation.